We're on Yavamos Gimel Beis on 3B1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara until now for this uh, entire page, for this daf, has been discussing the language of the Mishnah and asking questions. Why did it use one word as opposed to another word or certain phrases? Why are the, those phrases mentioned in there? And so we concluded that discussion. The Gemara, basically for the rest of the daf, for the rest of this page, is going to be dealing with essentially one question. The question is Minahanimili. We have essentially three different laws in our Mishnah. One halacha in the Mishnah is that if your sister-in-law, in the case of Yibam, if your sister-in-law is also related to you in some other way, so then there's an exemption of Yibam and Chalita. That's number one. Number two is that not only is she exempt, but also any co-wife is exempt. That is case number two. And then case number three it's going back to that complicated case of the tsaras tsara, the co-wife's co-wife, which is the case of where you have three brothers, and one of them passes away without any children. He's married to the daughter of, of Shimon, who is the second brother. So they're both, the, the co-wife and the daughter are clearly exempt from Yibam Chalitza to Shimon, but the co-wife goes ahead and does Yibam to the third brother, to Levi. So then if Levi passes away without any children, so then... The third case is that uh, that co-wife from the original marriage, who then is the one that married Levi, is exempt from Yubam and Chalitza, but so is any other co-wife to Levi. That is the third case. So we have three cases in the Mishnah, and the, the Gemara wants to know where do these rules come from? What's the source for all these rules in the Torah? And that's going to take that's going to be uh, the discussion for today. And so they quote a Brisa, the Tanur Rabbanon. It's quoted in a Brisa. The verse says, the Brisa says that it quotes the Pasuk, the verse, which says that a person cannot marry his wife and her sister. I mean, one of the cases that's in the Mishnah is your wife's sister, if she becomes your sister-in-law in the other direction, your brother's wife, then there's an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza. And the verse says, you shouldn't take her to be a co-wife. Aleha bechayah. It adds a word here, upon her in her lifetime. It only applies in her lifetime. It's something that we've mentioned in the past that when it comes to your sister-in-law, your wife's sister, if your wife passes away, so then you are permissible to your to that type of a sister-in-law, to your wife's sister. But it adds the word aleha, seemingly a, a superfluous word, to say aleha, upon her. It doesn't really, you could have the verse without that word of aleha. So they make a gzereshava. Gzereshava is the word is used in this context. We find that word used in a different context. And so we make some sort of connection between those two different areas of law, as we're about to explain. So why does he use the extra word aleha upon her? There's another verse by Yibum, right? The verse that we just quoted was not by Yibum, but it was just telling us the verse stating that it's forbidden for you to marry your wife and your wife's sister. But in the context of Yibam, it says, Yivama Yava Allah. The same word Allah is used in the context of Yibam. Now turning to 3b2 in the art scroll. And it says, Shamayan Yafilu Ba'achas Mikol Arayas Hamaris Batura Akasav Medaber Nemar Khan Allah, Nemar Lahalan Allah, Ma Lahalan Bamakum Mitzvah, Afkan Bamakum Mitzvah, Vamarachman Alosikach. The Gemara says, the Brysa really says, that maybe just like when it comes to Yibam, Yibam is. Very unique, and we're going to constantly get back to this. Yibam is very unique in that there's a mitzvah to perform Yibam, but at the same time, 
we push aside different reasons how this works, but we push aside the prohibition for you to marry your sister-in-law, but we allow you to marry your sister-in-law because there's a mitzvah of Yibam. So maybe if you're allowed to marry your sister-in-law, maybe even if your sister-in-law is also your daughter, maybe you're also allowed to marry your sister-in-law who's also your daughter. Who said there's a prohibition in the context of Yibam? We see that Yibam already pushes aside your sister-in-law, the prohibition to marry your sister-in-law. Maybe it also pushes aside or removes different ways to put it, but it removes the prohibition of your daughter as well. So if your sister-in-law is also your daughter, maybe there is a mitzvah of Yibam. No, comes the Torah to tell us the fact that it says Aleha, the word Aleha in the context of Yibam, and then also in the prohibition to marry your wife's sister, it also says Aleha. It's coming to tell you that there's a prohibition to marry your wife's sister even in the context of Yibam, meaning even if it's a situation where your brother's wife is also your wife's sister, i.e. two brothers marry two sisters, there still is the prohibition to marry your wife's sister, meaning there is no mitzvah of Yibam. And it's learned out from this, what we call the Gzereshava, the Aleha, which is found in the verse for the prohibition to marry your wife's sister, and the Leha, which is found in the context of Yibam, to tell you that there's still a prohibition even within the context of Yibam. Okay, that teaches us case number one of the Mishnah, that there's an exemption for somebody who's already related to you in some other way to do Yibam to them, there's, there is that exemption. But what about the other cases? Vainly Elihi. Tsarasminine, how do you know that the co-wife is also exempt? So that's also from that same verse, the same verse that teaches us about Achosisha, about your wife's sister. It says that you're not allowed to marry your wife and also the co-wife. It uses the language of the co-wife, the co-wife, her sister, to marry your her sister as a co-wife. Tamalomar Litzur, the verse says Litzur. It's an extra, it's an extra word. To use, you don't need that word litzwar. Litzwar is the word for co-wife, but it's not necessary in the verse. So it's coming to teach us that even the co-wife, the co-wife itself is also, there's an exemption, even if it's a case of yibum. In the case of yibum, where one of the wives is related to you in some other way. Okay, that's case number two. What about case number three? That case of case number three, where the co-wife goes ahead and marries a different brother, and then that brother dies... How do we know that any wives from that brother is also exempt from Yibam and Chalitza? If within the word uh, Litzror, it's also, there's a letter which is extra. Tamalomar Litzror Velo Latzor. It should have said the word Latzor. It adds an extra resh, Litzror, to teach us that it's also the co-wife's co-wife. The word Litzror means co-wife. That extra letter is coming to teach you that even in case case number three of the Mishnah, the co-wife's co-wife, there is also an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza. Okay, so that's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara proves this all from the case of the verse which, is, the, which explains the prohibition to marry your wife's sister, your sister-in-law on that side, through your wife's sister, that even if it's a case of Yibam where two brothers marry two sisters and so your sister-in-law, your brother's wife is also your wife's sister, there still is an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza and also to the co-wife and also to the co-wife's co-wife. So the Gemara now asks, okay, fine. But the proof only is within that one case of your wife's sister. How do we know that when it comes to all the cases of Arayos, all the cases of where it's a close relative who also happens to be your sister-in-law, whether it's your daughter or your granddaughter or your mother-in-law or your mother-in-law's mother or your father-in-law's mother, how do we know about all these other cases, the 15 cases of the Mishnah? How do we know that those are also exemptions? Because the verse that we have is only about your wife's sister. So they say it's something called a davar shava that there's a connection that there's an underlying uh, principle between the case of your wife's sister and all other cases that are mentioned in the Mishnah. Amar, 
It's just like when it comes to your wife's sister, it's a unique case. It has special characteristics. A, what's unique about your wife's sister? A, that it's a close relative. B, it's, the punishment is at the very least kares. It's either, it's, that punishment is kares where it's, uh, God punishes you to have a shorter life. And if you do it by accident, if you do it on purpose, that's the punishment. If you do it by accident, then you have to bring a sacrificial offering, the korban chatas, a sacrificial offering for a sin offering. And as a result of all these character, characteristics, she's now forbidden to do yibum. So then all cases which have those char- characteristics, any case where a woman is related in some other way, besides for being the brother's wife, is number two, that it's at the very least a punishment of kares, of Hashem punishing you to live a shorter life. And if you do it by accident, then you have to bring a sin offering. If you have all those characteristics, so then you become forbidden to the Yavam, which is the 15 cases of the Mishnah. They all have those those traits of being related, of having this punishment at the very least of kares. And if you do by accident, you bring a sin offering. So therefore, all those cases are forbidden to do Yibam. Sigmar says, okay, fine. But that only teaches me about the 15 cases themselves, if they're, if they're related in some other way, besides for being the brother's wife. But Sarah Samuel, how do we know about the co-wives? I know about the co-wives for the sister-in-law, for the case of where it's your wife's sister, because that's the verse itself. But how do we know about that all the other co-wives and all these other relatives is also an exemption? What's the source for this? So it's, we're going to go through the same thing again. That just like it's from the sister, from your wife's sister, the case of your wife's sister is also it's as the same characteristics as the list of the fifteen. Just like your wife's sister, she erva, she is related. She's she there's a prohibition to to marry her because she's already related to you. The chayav and azadona kares, and yeah, the punishment is kares if you do it on purpose. and if you do it by accident, you have to bring a sin offering. and she is forbidden to be with her. Yavam, with the brother-in-law in the case of Yibam, there's no there's no mitzvah of Yibam. So Vitsarasa Surah, and the result of that is that her co-wife is also forbidden. It's not just her, but it's her co-wife in the case of your wife's sister. So the same thing can be true for all the fifteen cases in the Mishnah. So to all the fifteen cases, it's also the case of where you're not allowed to be with them because you're they're already related to you. And the punishment is kares. And if you do it by accident, you have to bring a sin offering. And yibum doesn't apply. So then in all those cases, the 15 cases, the co-wife, there's also an exemption from yibum and a chalitza. And the Bryce concludes, concludes and says, This is the source. To say, That there's an exemption of chalitza and yibum forever, that even if there's a hundred brothers and you can have co-wives, 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 uh, that the co-wife marries the third brother and then the third brother dies without children and then the co-wife marries the fourth brother and the fifth brother through Yibam. Once it comes back to that second brother where there was the original problem, the original exemption, so then it exempts all the other wives as co-wives as well. Okay, the Bryson now has one more point and that really is going to be related to a future Mishnah, the next Mishnah, which we haven't discussed yet, that there are really six other cases of relatives that are not found in our Mishnah, where a person could be related to them. 
there are six other relatives. We'll discuss that later when we get to that mission later on. But these six relatives, the law is that their co-wives, if your brother marries these six relatives of yours, the co-wife is really obligated in Chalitza and Yibam. The reason for this is because not only are they related to you, the brother who's alive, but they're also related to your brother, directly related to your brother who passed away. Your brother ended up marrying, for example, your mother. You share, you and your brother, you share a mother. It's not a stepmother, but you share, you know, let's just, let's just for, to make it clear, perhaps also when it's your stepmother, but let's say you share a mother. So, and your brother went ahead and married his own mother. So the law is that a, it's a prohibition, but B, more importantly, in this for this context, is that not only is it a prohibition, but it doesn't. We don't even accept the marriage. It's not like they require a divorce document. We don't even accept the marriage to begin with. So let's say your brother married two wives, two women. One of them is his own mother. The other one is just some other woman. So we don't even recognize that as a marriage. So the Mishnah says, since we don't recognize that as a marriage, if he dies without children, so then certainly the co-wife would have to do Yibam or Chalitza because it's just one wife. We only halakhically view it as though he's married to one wife and that wife is not related to the live brother. We just completely ignore that uh, that first wife who is his mother because it's not a halakhically valid marriage. So the Gemara asks, the Brisa asks, oh, but if we're coming to include, if Achos Isha, the case of your wife's sister, is coming to include all cases where it's a relative and where the punishment is kares, and if you do it by accident, you get chatas. So that fits all the cases of the next mission also, if the brother marries the his own mother. So then why is it, so we should say that the co-wife also has an exemption, but that's not what the mission says. The mission says that the co-wife does have to do chalitzer yibam. So that's what the Brisa says. And it says, Maybe we should include all the other six cases where the brother who passed away married these women who... We don't even recognize their marriage, but we should say as follows, that's just like when it comes to your wife's sister, it's a unique case where she erva. It's it's a relative which you're not allowed to marry, just like the cases in the next Mishnah, let's say a person and his mother. And the punishment is kares. If you do it by accident, you have to bring a sin offering. And she can marry one of the other brothers, but she's forbidden to the Yavam, because she's forbidden to the Yavam. Right? We say that she's forbidden to the to the Yavam, that she doesn't do Yavam. And the co-wife is also exempt from Chalit and Yavam. So then we should say, also for all these cases, just like that applies to the sister-in-law, to the wife's sister, we should say, we should say, Av kol she erva v'chayven al zedona kares, v'al she gosa chatos, v'ashle nasa l'achem v'asur li'avam, t'rasa asura, Sorry, the Gemara earlier said that just like by a, 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 I misread it, the, just like by your wife's sister, she is forbidden, and there's karis, and there's a chatas, but she's, your wife's sister is permissible to, to do yibam to any of the other brothers, because she could do yibam to any of the other brothers, just not to you, because it's your wife's sister. Uh, but any of the other brothers... Uh, she could do yibum with, uh, so that that's when it applies. But when it comes to to the when the brother who passed away married his own mother, so that mother is forbidden to 
all the brothers, all the brothers. It's the mother of all the brothers and forbidden to all the brothers. So in that case, we won't say that the co-wife has an exemption. It's only in the 15 cases of our Mishnah, but not in the cases of the six cases of the next Mishnah. Okay, the Bryce now concludes that, okay, fine. What we brought a proof for is Azhar Shamanu, that there's a prohibition. Onesh Minayan, how do we know that, let's say they go ahead with the Yibam, and a person does Yibam to his co- to the, to his brother's wife, who's the co-wife of the relative, but not the relative itself. Let's say it's to the co-wife. This is how some interpret it. That's referring to the co-wife. How do we know that the penalty is really, t- is really the same penalty as these other forbidden relatives? where it's kares, which is the severe penalty of kares. How do we know that's the case? Maybe it's just a prohibition. But who said it's so severe? So they say, no, it is. Because it's really included in the overall picture of relatives that are forbidden. This sister-in-law, who's a co-wife of, let's say, your daughter, there's also the same level prohibition. It would also be getting kares, the, pro- the punishment of kares. That concludes the Brisa. We have a few more lines in the Gemara to the end of the Daf. And the Gemara is going gonna, is gonna to ask one particular question. And then they're going to question that question. The Gemara asks as follows. The Gemara says that from the Brisa, we wanted to know what's the source that if you're, let's say, for example, if your daughter is also your sister-in-law, that there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza. And they quote a source. They quote the verse. The verse has to do with your wife's sister, but they quote a verse to prove this. The implication is that if that we needed a verse. We need a verse. We wouldn't know this by ourselves. And they ask, why can't we know this by ourselves? The Gemara says, time because of Rahman Allah. The reason is because we need a verse. If it wasn't for the verse, I would have thought that really, if your daughter is also your sister-in-law, that you would have to do Yibam. But why? So the Gemara questions this, and it says, "My taima, what's the reason? How could we have possibly have thought to say that you would do yibum if your sister-in-law is also your daughter? What would you say? What would you say? There's a conflict here. There's a conflict of values. You have the mitzvah of yibum to perform the mitzvah of yibum, but there's also this prohibition to marry your daughter." And even though in general we do apply a principle of essay, dochelos essay, that if you have a positive mitzvah, like yibam, and you have a negative mitzvah, that the positive mitzvah, and, and you have to pick between, you know, should you not violate the negative commandment or should you fulfill the positive commandment, even though you're going to violate the negative commandment, in general we say, do the positive mitzvah and violate the negative commandment. The Gemara is going to say, but that's not, that's not true in this case, even if it's true in general, but emar damrin asay asay dochelos asay, los asay grida. We don't apply that principle within the context of what we're dealing with here. Because here it's a very stringent love. It's a very stringent negative commandment. And so we don't say fulfill the positive commandment and violate the negative commandment in this case. And so again, just to review, the Gemara is asking, why do I need a verse to tell me that when my daughter is my sister-in-law that I don't have to do Yibam, it should be obvious. Because why should I have to do Yibam? Even if there's a principle that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment, but not in this case where it's such a severe negative commandment. It shouldn't override it. It should be obvious that Yibam is, doesn't, uh, doesn't apply in this case. I shouldn't need a verse. And that question is a question, but it's really going to be answered much later on in the Gemara. The Gemara happens to now, it's going to get into a tangent, starting in the, with next week's recordings. It's going to get into a tangent about 
just the original source for the concept of essay dochalosa say that when you have a conflict of values, it's a fascinating case when you have a positive commandment, but you're going to violate also a negative commandment. It's going to discuss many of these cases. Why is it that the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment in general? Not in our case where it's such a severe negative commandment, but in general we apply the principle of Esedochalosa, say a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment, and that will be discussed in next week's recording.